We are dedicated to spreading the good news of Jesus Christ through all available means with a sole focus of teaching the word, making it plain, sharing it with love. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Father, for awakening us. Father, with you on our mind, with the desire to come and give you the glory and the honor that you are due in a corporate setting. Father, we thank you that you are the God of all things. You are the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. You are the creator of the entire universe. You are the manufacturer of it all. And so, Father, we are grateful that we can move our limbs, God, and that we can think soundly, God. We are thankful and we are grateful, God. You said in your word that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind, God. And so we are thankful this morning. Father, we are grateful for your word that you have laid out before us. We ask that you give us minds to understand, ears to hear. In the name of Jesus, hearts to receive what you have for us on today and the courage, the courage, Father, to apply it so that our lives will be better. And so, Father, we invite you in to speak to us. And, Father, I believe that everything that will be said will come from your throne, and it is ordained by you. And, Father, if I have a tendency to stray and to say anything that is not from you, Father, I ask that you realign me immediately so that your people can hear the word that you have for them. And we will be forever thankful, and we will be grateful that you have taken the time to show us the way and to provide guidance in our lives, Father. And we give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory that you are due. And it's in your precious son, Jesus' name, we pray and we thank you. Amen. So if you will stand for the reading of the word, and if you cannot stand, if you will lift your hands or something to let me know that you are there and that you are reading the word. Because I want to make sure that you know I'm not making anything up. Amen. Amen. Mark 9 and 23. Mark 9 and 23. From the King James Version. of Well, we're going to all read it together. So whatever version, we know we're going to hear different sounds. But it means the same thing. Amen. So it sounds like this. says, can you read with me? Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe. All things are possible to him that believeth. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, doers, sharers of his word. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So we're going to talk about faith. It is essential, but it's not enough. Amen. Essential means that it is necessary. Right? You cannot do anything else. If you don't have faith, the word of God says it is impossible. That means you cannot, no, no matter how hard you try, it is impossible to please him if you don't have faith, right? And I think we know that. I think we believe that. But I also think that we think it is enough. 
But we are going to go through the word of God today and we are going to hear that it's not enough. And maybe some of the things that you have wanted to come true in your life or in your family line is because you thought faith was enough. It's because you thought if I pray hard enough, these things will happen. But the word of God teaches us otherwise. Amen. And so in Mark 9, we see the story of a powerless disciple and a helpless father, right? And so if you go up in the scripture, you will see that the disciples had been on the mountaintop. They had had some of them, three of them, had been up on the mountaintop with Jesus, and they had had this mountaintop experience that blew their mind. But we're not going to talk about that. When they came down from the mountain. The Bible says that the three of them and Jesus joined the other nine. So that means there were nine down there. And when they came from the mountain, the Bible says that he, that they walked up on a multitude of people. And I'm going to paraphrase it so you can, because uh, sometimes the King James used words that we might not understand, but they were arguing. So Jesus and three of the disciples come down, they walk up on this multitude, and they are arguing. And, and the Bible says the people looked up and they saw Jesus and they start running uh, to him. And they, they were honoring him, the Bible says. And Jesus said, what is going on with y'all? What's going on <laughs> right here? What's happening right here? What are y'all doing? What y'all arguing about is what, what Jesus was saying to them. And the Bible says that somebody in the multitude, somebody out of the crowd said, hey, I bought my son to them. I bought my son to these other nine disciples, and he has, the King James calls it a dumb spirit. He has a dumb spirit, but if we try to match it to what we know today, these spirits were causing this young boy to have epileptic fits and convulsions is what was happening to him. And so we see the picture of a desperate father that is trying to get some help. And he went to where he thought the help was. I don't know if you've ever been there, but you thought went somewhere with expectation and it just didn't come out like you thought it was going to come out. Well, we have this father that's going in desperation because he has this child. And we don't know how old the child is, but when you study in the scripture, you can see that it wasn't always that way. At one point, the son was healed. He was okay. And then all of a sudden, he started having these epileptic fits, these convulsions, and the Bible says that they would throw the little boy down, and I don't know if you know children that have convulsions today, but it can get pretty bad. They can have so many seizures and convulsions until they are just worn out, and in my mind, that was what was going on, and this helpless father walks up on a powerless set of disciples, the ones who were supposed to be able to do something. And they were not able to do it. And so here we see him crying out in desperation. He's snitching, whatever it is that y'all want to say. But he said, I came to your disciples. I came to where the help was supposed to be. And there was no help here. 
The Bible says the daddy then start describing what it feels like when his son is in this condition, what it looks like, what's happening to him. And he's painting a picture of desperation. It says it tears him and he foams at the mouth and he grits his teeth and he pineth away the Bible, the King James Version said. And he said, and I came to the disciples and I asked them to cast out the demon and they couldn't do it. They could not do it. And Jesus answered and said, oh, ye of little faith, oh, faithless generation, how long? These are the people that's been walking with him every day. They've been looking at him every day. And he says, how long am I going to have to deal with you? How long? If you're walking with me, if you see what I am doing, if you know what I am about, if you are sitting at my feet and I'm teaching you what I am about, how long am I going to be able to do it? And so when we look at Jesus' question, we understand that he expected that they should be able to handle the situation. Or else he would have said something very differently. He'd been like, well, I haven't taught them how to do that yet. Well, well, that's coming in the next phase of they walk. But he said, how long am I going to have to deal with you keep telling me what you can't do? Right? And so the Bible says they brought the little boy to him. And the devil started acting a fool. Now, this is me <laughs> paraphrasing, but it's in the word. Y'all read it. Says right there in front of the master, in front of the creator of all things, the devil started acting up and threw the boy in a fit right there in front of the master. Started foaming, rolling on the ground, the word of God says. And this is how we know the kid wasn't always like that. Because Jesus looking down at the child, in my mind with compassion, he gets inquisitive and he says, how long? How long has this child been dealing with this? How long has this been going on? And, 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 and the daddy says, oh, it gets worse than that. Sometimes it throws him in the fire. <laughs> Sometimes it tries to drown him. And I don't know, I don't know how old the child was, but your child. If it happened for one week, all of a sudden, where now the child trying to throw, you become very concerned, right? Something trying to kill your seed. So here is where the father was. And then he was so desperate, he said to Jesus, if you can do, if you can do something about it, Will you do something about it? Now, we already know that he knew Jesus could do something about it because he had come to see the master. He had come to, he even believed the disciples could do something about it. But he said, if you can do something about it. And Jesus turned the question around and said to him, if you can believe. It's not a matter of whether or not I can do something about it. It's a matter of not, uh, it's a matter of whether or not you can believe. I can do, I can do all of it, but can I do it through you? Can I do it for you? Because how many of y'all know some of us living a life that Jesus is doing the same thing in our lives that you waiting on him for? So it ain't a matter 
of whether or not he can do it. Jesus said, if I can, if I can. No, it's if you can believe. And then he said that all things are possible if you believe. And I'm going to deal with the word possible because sometimes in the modern church, we think that this scripture says, if you believe it will be. It's not what it said. If you believe, it is possible. And I thought about that. I thought about that. I thought about that. And I think that this is where we get mixed up because we know that we believe. And so we expect stuff to start happening because I, I, I know I believe God for that. I know with all my heart I believe God for that. But in other words, it says that thing. And I'm talking to y'all. And today it's going to sound like I'm talking about me, but I'm not talking about me. I hope that you can hear in my testimony what I'm trying to get you to see. That thing that won't go away in your life that you have not done, that you have not manifested, that you keep dreaming about, that you keep suppressing because you can't even think about it, that you told yourself that's a dream long gone. I'm not going to worry about that. I done got too old or too fat or too lazy or too whatever it is, that thing that you never did that won't go away, that thing that has never been done before in your life or your family life, that audacious thing, that thing that you won't even allow yourself to think about anymore, that thing, the word God says, it is possible. Possible. And when I was reading about that, I started thinking about my own journey. My journey to becoming a doctor and a brain scientist. Nobody, nobody, nobody in the history of my family has been a doctor or a brain scientist. Nobody. Nobody, nobody. This was birthed out of me looking at my dad, who Monday through Thursday was just an excellent, excellent, excellent human being. Y'all know what happened on Friday? Payday. And what followed payday? Drunk. What followed drunk? Changing character. And I just used to look like, who? is this dude, who, who, who is this dude on Friday and Saturday? And I didn't even know what to call it at that point. I just knew I wanted to understand my dad and how this is happening. And so to me, it was a doctor. I need to be a doctor to understand my dad. I didn't even know what a doctor did. I saw him because I went to one. And for me, a doctor was the stethoscope, you know, the, the, the people that see patients, it was much longer into the journey when I realized that there was another type doctor that actually fits me better. The one that asked the questions, the one that generate knowledge. That's, I, I'm not a good person in just following what you tell me to do. And no knock against uh, doctors, medical doctors, what y'all think of as doctors, no knock against that because we need people who want to be in those rooms treating people. But I'm not that type person. I want to be the person behind the scenes trying to figure this stuff out. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what a brain scientist was. I didn't know the word neuropharmacologist. I didn't know any of that. And so then I had to say to myself, where does that come from? When I reflect on my journey, where did it come from? Nobody was sitting in my living room saying, you're going to be a brain scientist. Nobody ever said that to me. 
Right, so where did it come from? Where did I have the audacity to even think that that was possible? I didn't know anybody who could tell me how to get there. So it doesn't matter if it never happened in your family before. It doesn't matter if no one ever told you before. It doesn't matter if nobody ever even believes that you can especially from some of the choices, like Sister Rollins was talking about earlier, that some of us have made and some of the consequences. If you have the faith to believe. But see, what starts happening is that we start looking at those things that we done and we start believing that people who've done those things shouldn't be able to do that. And so we squash our own dreams, the one that God has given you, because you're not just sitting up dreaming up stuff. All good and perfect gifts come from God. That includes the ideas that you have. But see, you think it's you, and then you start being like Moses and start looking at all your flaws and your shortcomings, and you say, this can't be possible to me. And I'm going to say to you, why are you having the dream? Why are you having the vision if it's not possible for you? It's not possible for me because I'm not having that dream. But it's possible for you because you having the dream. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are right now. It doesn't matter what steps you've taken, what, 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 what uh, missteps you've taken. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you know how I know it doesn't matter. You're still having a dream. But see, the problem is you get so focused on you. And as I was, ref was ref um, reflecting on my journey, I started saying, nobody ever told me that I could do that. And I, I, know, I know some of y'all don't even know half of the things that I have done in my career, but nobody, I, I reflected on almost the 15 years that I was going to D.C., sitting on committees deciding what science, stuff in the health realm and the medical realm was going to happen. Who was going to get money? Who was not? I didn't even know that stuff existed. But I did it. Right? I thought about the hospital that I've uh, run, the whole sections of hospital, the departments that I run now. I thought about all of that. Nobody in my family told me I could do that. Nobody even told me how, because they didn't know. I remember when I was in graduate school and I didn't understand. I called my mother and I said, I feel like I'm sitting in Japan and all the books are in Japanese and I don't know what's going on. And she said, well, you know I can't help you. <laughs> but I will pray. She said, but I will pray. That's all I can do and that's all I needed from her. I needed her to pray. And then I want you to think about your own life. What is it? I know you don't got used to not even thinking about it anymore. But it's there. Jeremiah and Flo, it ought to be right in front of y'all, man. Y'all so young. You ought to be like, and it ought to be a big, audacious thing because you're big, great, wonderful, audacious people. What is it? And I just came to tell you that that dream is possible, and I'm going to focus on the word possible because, because, because sometimes, like I said earlier, I think we think that that means it will happen. 
if I have the faith. But that's not what that scripture says. So is it big? Does it feel too big for you? When, when you tell it to somebody, do they say, girl, you need to sit down, Jeremiah, hush. That's the dream that I'm talking about. When people don't know how they're going to pay for it and how they're going to fund it and what are we going to do, that's the dream that I'm talking about. That's the one I'm talking about. And the Bible says if you believe, it's possible. But it's also at this point where people get disillusioned. Right. Even though God allows you to see it and nobody else can see what you see and people may not even even um, support you. They may be like Joseph family and even hating on you and calling you crazy and all those kinds of things. May, they may even do that. None of that matters. But it's also here where we become disillusioned with the word of God, because, again, we think it says it will happen. But this scripture says, with faith, it can happen. That's a difference. With faith, it can happen. And so, and so then, Sister Vicki, if 